1: Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, we're the horse to ride for your next bull purchase, 6th of February of
2: 2021. For the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association is calling on the province to accept an offer from Ottawa to improvements for agri stability. We hear from a leading researcher on controlling Clubroot, and Seedmaster names a board of directors. Several businesses across Canada call on Ottawa to approve the interim trade deal with the UK. And we look at greenhouse gas production on the farm. Winter weed control in pastures comes from a report from Saskatchewan Agriculture. And we have the latest market report from the provincial ministry on cattle prices. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom
3: of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley.
2: This portion of Saskatchewan agriculture today is brought to you by JGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call JGL Commodities today, 306 624 2378. The Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association is hoping the provincial government will accept an offer from Ottawa to improve agri stability until the year 2023. The offer was made during last month's Federal Provincial Agriculture Minister's meeting following years of lobbying and negotiations. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau proposed to increase the compensation rate under Agri-Stability from the current 70% up to 80%. That was less than the 85% farm groups had been requesting. However, Ottawa said the reference margin limit would be removed, an important point for the cow-calf sector. It's been a challenging year for the cattle and hog sectors. And the agri-stability changes would provide some much-needed support. The problem for smaller provinces like Saskatchewan is the additional cost. Ottawa's offer comes with the traditional 60-40 split, which would mean higher per capita costs for the prairie provinces, including Saskatchewan. Agriculture Minister David Merritt said there will be discussions among the provincial cabinet with the decision expected sometime this month. The chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Arnold Bilecki, is encouraged by some of the proposals.
1: Well, you know, our big ask was removal of the reference margin limit. If they do remove that, because it, that would be great because it really restricted our ability to receive any form of payment in income decline years or the really bad years. Producers would have had to experience a severe loss in income to even qualify for a meager payment. So that reference margin limit removal is going to be huge for us. The other thing we we asked for was the uh, payment trigger to be taken back to 85% from its current 70, and instead, Minister Bibble offered to increase the confidence rate from 70 to 80%. You know, all these things are certainly favorable. They're a move in the right direction. They're not exactly what we asked for, Uh, the reference margin limit is what we asked for, but this trigger thing is not really what we asked for, but it's better than what we've had. So, you know, we're okay with that. We asked for removal of the $3 million cap, or at least take it up to $10 million. That $3 million cap really uh, adversely affected our larger operations such as feedlots, and it's been in place for 15 or 20 years, and it needs to be revised to reflect today's reality of high input costs and inflation. So we were asking for that and, and didn't get it. I guess. We're happy about the fact that she's offered to make this retroactive for the 2020 year, so that's good news. And I think of further interest to us is Minister Bibble mentioning that the federal government is prepared to consider other program enhancement options. We don't know what those are, but the fact that she's still prepared to, to talk, that's encouraging. And so, you know, and we really encourage Mr. Mayor to please give us consideration because it is for the good of the uh, provincial economy i know the cost is high for saskatchewan just based on our per capita compared to uh, densely populated provinces but you know the payment would be high here too though the costs are high but the payments would be high in a bad year so i think that's one way to look at it and really you know if you look at it, the livestock industry has really proven to be an economic engine Chugging along even during the COVID crisis. I mean, we contributed positively. We you know we maintained jobs, contributed to Saskatchewan's income ledger in a positive way. Uh, we contributed to Canada's GDP and trade balance in a positive way. So, all good things. And I think I, I would really hope and we encourage Mr. Mayor to please consider all those things and, and give it the thumbs up. I know it's not everything. And. That we ask for. and I know, it, as I said, it's a challenge for our province to come up with that kind of money, but I think the benefits would outweigh the cost.
2: Balicki says cow-calf producers would be disappointed if the provincial government rejects the proposal.
1: It would be a huge disappointment to us. You know, we've suffered a struggle for the last, well, I, I think it's since 2013 is when these of these changes took place that really uh left the cow calf producer out of the picture for any type of payment in these bad years. so it would be a huge disappointment especially when we're this close to uh, getting something positive it's been a long long road to to get minister bibbo and the feds to agree to anything and now they've agreed to something that's more favorable to us and so you know we're really excited about that and we would be unhappy if it got turned down but you know, life goes on, I guess.
2: Well, like was asked if Saskatchewan could go ahead with the program, even if it's rejected in Alberta and Manitoba.
1: Well, personally, I think so. And, and I just refer to, uh, and I give uh, Minister Merritt and our Saskatchewan government a huge credit for their contribution to reducing the Western Livestock Price Insurance Premiums when they were so high this spring. So they did that on their own. Uh, without Alberta and Manitoba, and I'm, I'm pretty certain they could do this without Alberta and Manitoba as well.
2: That's Arnold Balicki, chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. He's also a producer in the Shellbrook area. The Cattlemen's Association has been lobbying the provincial government to accept a federal offer to make changes to the business risk management program called AgriStability.
3: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
2: This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. A leading expert on clubroot in canola spoke this week at the Agronomy Research Update organized by the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Stephen Strelkov is a professor of plant pathology at the University of Alberta. He says seed varieties with second-generation clubroot resistance are effective against new disease pathotypes, but Strelkov warns it's not a silver bullet. He adds a three-year crop rotation does a good job reducing club root spore levels in the soil.
4: It's called type 3 uh, survival curve. If you think about uh, like tadpoles or acorns, initially you have many. Then most of them will die you know, within a, w- in a short time and then a few live on a long time. That's kind of the same with the resting spores. Most die fairly quickly, like within let's say two or three years after the crop has been grown. But then there's a subset that can last 15, 20 years. And those are the ones that cause us the problems.
2: During a question and answer session, Strelkov was asked about certain seed companies promoting third generation clubroot resistance.
4: Many of these varieties are proprietary, so it's not in the public domain what the basis of the resistance is. Presumably they have something different that they're making the claim third generation, but it, it's very difficult to say because we're not even really aware or, or, or that clear on, on what's present in all the second generation resistance. And we suspect that's probably not the same across varieties. You probably have to ask those suppliers why they're making that claim, but, but it's not in the public domain, so it's very difficult for us to conclude anything about that right now.
2: Strelkov also spoke about Manitoba having a wider variety of club root pathotypes
4: on the one hand you say okay well in one of the 10 fields they had resistance breaking so at least some of these quote-unquote new pathotypes that didn't seem to be controlled by resistant varieties at the same time you're seeing why are we seeing so much diversity there and is there more potential you know if, if club becomes more prevalent in manitoba that then, then we're going to have more of these new strains that break resistance so yeah, I, I would say we don't know for sure yet, but to me it is a little bit concerning. Like it, maybe it, it doesn't boil all that well for the future if the disease becomes more and more severe there.
2: Stephen Strakov is a professor of plant pathology at the University of Alberta and a leading expert on clubroot in canola. A major farm equipment manufacturer in Saskatchewan has set up a board of directors. The Bojo family has named a board of directors for Seedmaster of Emerald Park, just east of Regina. A diverse and accomplished group of executive-level professionals have been named to enhance the long-term strategic vision of the company. The board consists of President Norbert Bojo, Larry Hillworth as chair, Alana Cook, Bob Dumer, Greg Andrew Corey Bojo, and Ryan Bojo. Seedmaster recently hired Don Henry as Chief Executive Officer as part of an effort to grow the company in a big way. Seedmaster develops and manufactures leading-edge no-till seeding and planter technology.
3: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assinavoya and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com
5: update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at com. Sean Haney here with RealAirculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. I'm joined right now by Jaime Costanada. He is the Senior VP with Policy and Trade at the U.S. Dairy Export Council. How are you doing today?
6: I'm doing great. Thanks for the opportunity.
5: Yeah, I'm interested to get the U.S. perspective on what the USTR is, is attempting to do. We, we've heard about this back in, in late summer, that there's an issue with Canada's allocation of the TRQs, the tariff rate quotas, as it applies to the market access in the new USMCA. What, what is the issue?
6: The issue is very simple. As um, within USMCA, Canada committed uh, to open their market, albeit very, very small, uh, a little bit over 3% of their full uh, consumption and market. Uh but it they, they committed to do it in a way that it was fair and transparent for uh the United States. They haven't done What they have done is to limit the opportunities that US companies have to actually sell that specific product to anyone in Canada. Give me an give you an example. For instance, uh mozzarella cheese. Instead of actually opening an import license, an import opportunity within the new uh, system to allow U.S. companies uh, to sell to the Pizza hats, Domino's, to all the pizza chains, no. They prevented them to actually reach out to those companies that, like, they follow everywhere in the world, um, and instead, they have to actually only sell to the large companies in Canada. Um, so obviously you're taking there the opportunity to have connections, marketing, and high value products directly to the consumer.
5: So is the grievance mainly, f- so then it, uh, the way I understand it then, the grievance is actually not coming from U.S. dairy farmers. It's coming from U.S. dairy processors and and dairy food companies that want to be able to export into the Canadian market.
6: No, the grievance comes from everyone, the entire U.S. dairy industry, including the farmers, because uh, when the when a company, a large company that, for instance, produces a mozzarella here in the United States, cannot actually access, that company is going to buy less milk from that farmer here in the U.S. So every single time you cut the opportunity to sell. Uh, product into into Canada or anywhere else in the world, you're actually affecting U.S. dairy farmers.
5: So, uh, how typically are TRQs? Maybe we should back up here. Maybe explain for the audience what are tariff rate quotas?
6: Yes, thank you. Um, I I I always joke that. Uh, one of the benefits of, of, President Trump is that my kids, uh, finally figured out what I do for living, uh, which <laughs> is like knowing tariffs and what is a tariff. Uh, a tariff rate quota is within an agreement. Canada has extremely, probably one of the highest, uh, if not the highest tariffs, which is nothing more than an import and tax. It's a tax on anything that is imported. Canada has one of the highest, if not the highest, import tax on dairy products in order to protect their domestic market and limit the amount of products that their consumers can have. Uh, so within the negotiations, Canada and the United States negotiated to have what is called a tariff rate quota. So within this small amount, the three percent or three point five percent that I was talking about, Canada commit to allow this product to come in into the into Canada from the United States at a lower tariff. Right? So the import tax is very small or there is
5: none. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com.
1: Hey everybody, it's Ted Creech here from Hill 70 Quantock Ranch of Lloydminster, Alberta. On the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st Annual Barn and Bull Sale starting at 12 noon. Now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of Red and Black Angus, Horn and Herefords, Red and Black Sim Angus, Charlay and Red Balancer bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now, don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor, or Bill at
3: 1-800-665-7253. It's your Agra weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official
2: 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Mainly sunny sky today, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour, the high minus 4, the low minus 10. For Friday, partly cloudy, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour, the high minus 8 tomorrow, wind chill near minus 15, the low minus 10 degrees. Saturday cloudy, the high minus 6, the low minus 17. Sunday partly cloudy, the high minus 15, the low minus 18. Monday cloudy, the high minus 13, the low minus 20. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 15, the low minus 17. Wednesday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries, the high minus 15. Normal high for this date, minus 8, the normal low minus 19. The sun rose at 848 this morning. It sets at 455 tonight. And around the province, we have the hot spot, Maple Creek, in the southwest corner at minus 2. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay, minus 19 degrees. Estevan is minus 3. Saskatoon, minus 11. Swift Current, minus 5. Weyburn and Yorkton, both minus 4. In Regina, with sunny skies, it's minus 6. That's 21 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 12. Humidity is 87%. The rising, 1024 Sunny and Moose Jaw, minus 3. Winds are from the west, southwest at 12. Once again, Regina, sunny and minus 6. That's 21 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment.
3: You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan
2: agriculture today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. A group of Canadian business organizations have called on Parliament to approve the Canada-U.K. trade agreement. The Canadian Agri-Food Trade Alliance, CFIB, Chamber of Commerce, Business Council and Canadian exporters say they need to maintain existing market access to the U.K. The group says the UK is Canada's largest trading partner in Europe and the traditional transitional agreement will provide trade stability. The group wants the interim agreement implemented by January 1st to avoid any trade disruption. An air quality specialist at the University of California, Davis, says livestock production in North America is reducing its environmental footprint. Dr. Frank Mitlener says many people don't understand the link between production efficiencies and lower greenhouse gas emissions. He uses this analogy.
6: For example, a car that they drive today is way more fuel efficient than the car their parents drove or their grandparents. More fuel efficient cars mean that they also drive from A to B like their parents' and grandparents' car did, but they use a third or so of the gas to, to do it. And that means burning less gas means fewer emissions, and the same is true for livestock.
2: And he goes on to say,
6: Our pigs today are three times or more efficient than pigs were 40, 50 years ago. And that means with a given amount of input, you produce way more output. The same is true for cattle. The same is true for poultry. Uh, we have a remarkable story to tell,
2: but it really is time to tell it. Dr. Mittliner says while agriculture and forestry contribute to greenhouse gas emissions, they can also contribute to greenhouse gas reductions. This week's Saskatchewan Agriculture Report discusses winter wheat management for pastures. Luke Jorgensen, the range management extension specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Humboldt, discusses weed control in pastures.
7: We're well into winter at this point, and perhaps weed management isn't a top priority for producers. Nonetheless, it's a year-round task, and giving it some thought now can save you from bigger battles in the growing season. Weeds are expensive when they're allowed to take over your pasture because they reduce your carrying capacity, and they're expensive to control with herbicides or other methods, especially as the infestation grows. The best way to avoid all these costs is to stop weeds from establishing on your pasture in the first place. This is where winter weed management comes into play. Any time that you bring in feed from a different farm or even a different part of your operation, you should think about the potential for spreading weeds. The first step is to understand the risk. Are you bringing in feed from a field where you know there are weed problems? Do these weeds already exist in your feeding location? Your best bet is to make sure the feed you bring in doesn't contain any new weeds. If this isn't an option, you have a few alternatives. Weed seeds brought in with hay are spread in two ways. They either settle in the feeding location or are distributed through cattle manure. With this in mind, you can use the contaminated or uncertain feed in a dry lot setting, where the weeds are less likely to spread to your pastures. Or you can try to use the uncertain feed in a specific area. Keeping track of where you feed the risky hay will let you focus your monitoring efforts in the next growing season. To help fight weeds in the winter, it's important to know where your hay comes from. If you're not sure about what weeds might be in it, try to avoid feeding it extensively. If you do, make sure to monitor the feeding locations in the next growing season to catch a weed infestation before it becomes a big, expensive problem. For more information on this and other related topics, please contact your local Saskatchewan Agriculture Regional Office, call the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-800-457-2377, or visit us online at saskatchewan.ca slash agriculture. I'm Luke Jorgensen, and this has been the Saskatchewan Agriculture Report.
3: You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture today on The Source 620 CKRM.
2: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And the Remax Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mainly lower during the past week. Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist Natasha Wilkie says steers and heifers were mixed, but generally showing downward movement.
0: Well, Jim, we saw feeder steer prices were mixed across the weight categories this week, but primarily lower, unfortunately, with the largest price increase occurring in the 600 to 700-pound weight category. Those guys increased $1.28 per hundred weight to end the week at an average price of $194.28 per hundred weight. When we go to the downside, we saw the largest decrease seen in the 400 to 500 pound weight category. Those guys dropped by $3.37 per hundred weight. Then we look at some of the other weight categories. We got the 700 to 800 pound weight category. They ended the week at an average price of $183.33 per hundred weight. And while a price decrease of $2.56 per hundred weight occurred in the 800 to 900 pound weight category. Those guys ended the week at an average price of $125.86 per hundred weight. Then we we'll move on to Saskatchewan feeder heifer prices. They were also mixed across weight, all across all the report weight categories, with the largest increase seen in the 300 to 400 pound weight category, increasing only 30 cents per hundred weight. The largest decrease was seen in the 600 to 700 pound weight category. Those guys, those girls, dropped $2.32 per hundred weight to end the week at an average price of $171.95 per hundred weight. I have to say that you know, look at some of the other ones. We've got the 700 to 800 pound category saw a decrease of 61 cents per hundred weight. To end an average price of one hundred sixty-four dollars and thirty cents per hundredweight.
2: So, what were the factors pushing down a lot of these prices?
0: Well, again, we've kind of seen the fall runs. You know, some some of the better news, I guess, is that the fall runs is slowing down, so supply might start to play a factor in the future. Some, you know, some of the things that pushed it down was that the choice beef up prices are down. Kind of, you know, as the holiday season supplies have been secured, and so now those prices drop. And then the feed barley prices are on the rise again, uh, with the export demand being the main driver in there.
2: And so, what's what were marketings? So,
0: class actually brought a total of twenty eight thousand four hundred twenty four head of cattle full in Saskatchewan last week, and that's down quite a bit from the from forty thousand six hundred twenty four head the previous week. But if we look at the year to date, we've got we we were more than the ones marketed during the same week in twenty nineteen. In twenty nineteen, they marketed twenty four thousand seven hundred fifteen head.
2: What happened with market ready cattle prices?
0: Well, those, those guys and girls, they were mixed as well this week. So we got the price of D2 slaughter cows saw a small increase of $0.50 cents per 100 weight to average $70.20 per 100 weight, while the price of D3 slaughter cows saw a small decrease with prices going down $0.60 cents per 100 weight from the previous week to average $58.50 per 100 weight. Then we went go on to the Fed cattle prices for Alberta Fed steers this week. They were reported at one hundred thirty-seven dollars and ten cents per hundredweight, up 75 cents per hundredweight.
2: Natasha Wilkie compiles the weekly cattle market report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture.
3: The market updates with Jim Smalley on the Source six twenty CKRM market update is brought to you by scott
2: bjornson of Hollis wealth for more information or to book a free consultation call 1-800-284-9999 Viterra prices were mixed in early trading this morning canola gained 590 at 549.97 number one red spring wheat went down 56 cents at 237.31 the rest were unchanged durham 297.62 feed barley 209.70 dollars 70 Flax 69337, lentils 55750, oats 20653, yellow peas 32889, and feed wheat 18372. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, March red spring wheat gained 6 cents at 561 cent and a a bushel.
3: It's the Livestock Reports on the source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes
2: are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. And now the latest livestock quotes.
8: Hello, Calvin Junior for Heartline Livestock Yorkton, with your market report for the week of December 9th. We had a late run and offer this week with 1285 in the sort and 317 cows and bulls for a total of 1602. The feeder cattle this week. The market seems to be trending steady to a little softer in certain classes. Here are a few results of this week's sale. Buckskin Steers, 565 pounds at 221 and a quarter. Some more buckskin steers, 633 at 1.9750. Block steers, 563 at 223.50. Block steers, 632 pounds at a buck 96. Red X Steers, 565 pounds at 218 and a quarter. And some more Red X steers, 644 at 1.97. On the heifer trade, we're still seeing them 25 to 30 cents back of their brothers. Black, black heifer is 565 pounds at $1.78.25. and a quarter. Buckskin heifers, 560 pounds at $1.91. And Red X is 576 pounds at $1.82. On the cow and bull trade this week, they were steady to last week. D1, D2 cows, 68 to 72 with a high of 74. D3 cows, 58 to 65. All the cows average 64 and The bulls average 88.50 to the high of $1.07. Producers, next week will be our last pre-sort of the year. This sale will be a one-day source. Please have your cattle delivered on Tuesday, December 15th by 4 p.m. Also, producers, our pre-sorts for the new year are filling up fast. Our first sale is on January 6th, so give us a call to book your cattle in for these sales. Once again, this has been Junior for Heartland Livestock, York, and Thank you and have a great day.
2: Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices.
9: Hams sold 6,900 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of 154 to 169 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,000 head, selling in a range of 153 to 168 per CKG. Hams number one sows this week are selling in the range of 36 to 42 cents per pound live weight. Hams cash hog price today is down and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar was up three basis points, with a daily exchange rate at 1.2803. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 78.63 cents US. Large slaughter numbers, relatively high live hog weights, and plus the domestic demand could be a bit weaker than usual, will likely keep some pressure on cash hog prices in the near term. However, prices in general are trending above benchmarks presently, and depending on the region, today's daily values range between 1% and 8% higher than the comparable weekly cash averages. Lean hog futures are trading lower to start the session, but still maintaining a range-bound or sideways trend. The weekly export sales report did little to provide support, as new net sales came in 15% lower than the previous reporting period. Net exports are maintaining the trend seen over the past four weeks on average, but the market will need to see higher commitments in order for support, let alone significant strength to materialize. Coming up, the Resource Report.
3: This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
2: Now the Resource Report. The head of the UN's World Food Program accepted the Nobel Peace Prize today at the agency's headquarters in Rome. David Beasley called food the pathway to peace and says the prize acknowledges the agency's work to use food to combat hunger and create stability and peace. He says the prize is a call to action because wars, climate change, the use of hunger as a political and military weapon, and the pandemic have left 270 million people marching towards starvation. The parliamentary budget watchdog is blasting the federal government's lack of transparency and accountability around Ottawa's finances. Yves Giroux says the Liberals' new spending plan risks missing the mark if its purpose is to help the economy recover from the pandemic. He says the Liberals plan to spend up to $100 billion over the next three years on stimulus measures, but predicts most of the jobs lost during the pandemic will be recovered by March 2022. Drew says if the government really wants to kickstart the recovery, it needs to spend fewer dollars more quickly. On the markets, strength in the energy sector helped Canada's main stock index edge higher in late morning trading as the price of oil climbed, while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was up two points at 17,562. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 16 points at 30,052. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.63 cents U.S. compared with 78.11 cents Wednesday. The January crude oil contract was up $2.03 at $47.55 a barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Hill 70 Quantock Ranch. The place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6th, 2021. Call 1-800-665-7253 anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Hill
1: 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity. On the 6th of February of 2021, be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale.